05 and 06 I deployed to Kuwait I used to wait every day for them to say Nature going home I miss my life, miss my wife For 15 months she was all alone But when I got back I felt out of control Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold I keep on drinking so I'm sinking in a river of liquor Me and my wife weren't alright, I didn't reconnect with it I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be so I invested in myself I started seeing coaches Life is a camera, I fixed the lens and now I see in focus Now my life's unrecognizable From my life just a couple years ago 17 plus years of marriage, it's never been better than this and we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm called to be a leader I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want If I said it, then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it done If you need some inspiration, you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast Hey Bailey Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. Championship Leadership Podcast. And we have Ramona Shaw here from the Bay Area. Uh, prior to that, Switzerland, which is which is awesome. So I'm never bad. Uh, I need to, uh, I think that's kind of on the list of places that seem like one I should go and check out. So someday, <laughs> but I uh, appreciate you being here. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Nate. Yeah, absolutely. So I like to, and I know you've done some homework on the show and mm-hmm. listened to a few episodes. Maybe you're prepped for this question, but championship leadership is the name of the podcast. What comes to mind for you? You're in the leadership space as well. So what do you think of what does championship leadership mean to you when you hear it? Yeah. So it's interesting. I heard you ask this question, um, another guest, and I immediately thought, yeah, what is that for me? And it's pretty, the answer is pretty clear. My initial response is for me, someone who demonstrates what I would probably call a champion leadership is someone who sees themselves as a leader working for their team members and not the team members working for them. So I really think that when leaders shift that mindset from this being a privilege and now I get to have a say to know now I'm creating results through others which means I'm actually in service of those that I lead yeah absolutely I love that and uh would 100% agree with that as well so why don't we talk a little bit about you and and who you are and kind of your journey and how that has taken you to where you are today and you know a little bit more about what it is that you you do today yeah um, like you said, I grew up uh, in Switzerland and studied uh, studied finance, thinking I might go into banking, like a typical Swiss yep. kid, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and I, but I was always, I always had sort of these two parallels. It was my analytical analytical mind that liked the banking um, and the the financial sector and that work. I, as a young kid, would track the you know this this my own shares from my portfolio. Back in the day, with like newspaper every day, you would you know you flip the pages and I would yeah. highlight my fictional portfolio. Yeah. <laughs> but there was also a second um, sort of parallel track, almost that I felt like I was on the entire time, which is I was always really curious in other people's life stories, in and how even how they set up their houses and what made them have an interest in certain things versus another, and what made them unique, and. Um, 
sort of the two parallels ran, ran uh, all the way through my life. And I initially started in the finance sector. I worked in consulting, in banking, and in private equity. And while I was really, my day-to-day -day was spent on numbers and on data and very analytically driven, I felt like the more that I grew in my own career, the more I developed this interest in other people and in myself and how do I grow and how does my mind work and and how can I get better at what I do? What I do? How do I cultivate the sense of motivation and drive, but also make it sustainable? How do I improve my productivity and performance? And how do others do it? And wanting to learn from other people and, and role models. And um, I got to the point where I was leading or put in charge to lead a team fairly early on, uh, and I didn't have. I did not have any training and I also didn't have this natural leadership instinct. I wasn't mm -hmm. a natural born leader yeah. and I didn't really know what to do. And I would also say I lacked a bit of awareness in terms of what it meant to lead. And I struggled and sort of moving into that first leadership role and changing my mindset from being a high performing, highly self-motivated individual contributor to then become a leader of a team. And through that journey and sort of noticing the friction, I got more and more interested in leadership development on my own, and then try to bring that back into the organization that I worked in, but also started to really see how a lot of people, especially early on in their leadership roles, are looking for guidance, are looking for training, and want to learn from others and best practices. And, and through my own growth journey, I started to talk about it more, started to help others more, and slowly but surely that developed or turned into this second phase of my career, which is now um, running this leadership development company, specifically supporting new managers transitioning into leadership for the first time, but also helping mid-level managers um, reach the next level in, the, in their careers. Yeah, and so, so it's interesting moving away from finance and back into yeah. that human aspect. So still yeah. somewhat analytically minded in my approach, but <laughs> back into working with people directly and super grateful to be able to do this work. Hey, what's up, everybody? Quick break from our episode with Ramona Shaw, uh, having an incredible conversation with her. But uh, to talk about our friends over at Magic Mind, uh, you've heard me talking about them for a little bit now. Um, we've been working together really. They, they contacted me and, and, uh, asked if I could give the, their pro productivity shot, uh, drink a chance. And I said, yeah, absolutely. And, and I've been pleasantly surprised to say the least. So if you're watching this, you can see uh, the page that they have that would be linked directly to my discount code, which is magicmind.co forward slash championship. And you can use the discount code champ to, to try magic mind out for yourself. Again, the world's first productivity shot. Uh, it, it, it uh, negates the need for more than one cup of coffee in the morning. If you, if you, if you like coffee, if you're a coffee person, just like I am, uh, you don't want to, you don't have to give up coffee. So number one, first and foremost, I think that's important to know uh, because, you know, we're creatures of habit and we love our coffee, but we don't have to have a pot of coffee because of this incredible little productivity shot here that comes in a small little two ounce bottle. It's plastic. It's easy to travel with. I'm going to be traveling in the next few weeks. I'm going to be bringing this with me. Uh, you shake it as you, I haven't taken mine yet. So if you could hear me cracking the top open and, uh, and I just drink it straight because it tastes delicious. 
And again, it is, it's just like a shot. And uh, I love the taste. You can mix it with a few different things. If, if potentially you don't like the taste for whatever reason, you can mix it with some sparkling water. You can mix it with some warm milk or tea or whatever. And you'll still get the benefits of this gives you energy, helps you to relax, keeps you focused. I don't have that midday uh, jitters. I don't have the, the spikes and the highs and lows of energy, I guess you would say to where I need to slam a, 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 you know, a 12, 16 ounce energy drink in midday. This gives me what I need to be productive throughout the day. I love it. Uh, I'm so glad that uh, become friends with magic mind and I can't uh, I can't imagine not having this as a part of my daily routine now moving forward as well. So give it a shot, get up to 40% off, depending on which route you want to go with magic mind to give it a, a chance. Uh, I know that you'll love it. So highly recommend it. Well, as I was um, this morning driving my daughter and to horse camp and as the listeners don't know, but uh, Ramona, right as we were about to start, they had called and my, my daughter got stepped on. She's fine. She's okay. But on the way to horse camp this morning uh, on the radio, they were, they happened to be talking about how essentially like managers today are at an all time low. It seems like, right? Like mm-hmm. poor management and it's leading to a lot of people. There's a high percentage of people like that have left jobs because of poor management or leadership. They use the word management. And so, you know, what a great time it seems like for someone like yourself to come in and and help help these companies, these businesses uh, where there's a, it seems like a a big need for some training uh, to help them. Well, yeah, because I think the, you know, what's so interesting is we know, for example, um, from Gallup, we say, or the engagement survey that showed that 70% of, of the variance in, in an employee's engagement is dependent on their direct frontline, their, their direct immediate manager and frontline mm-hmm. managers touch the biggest part of the organization, right? Yeah. So if you look at a thousand employee organization, for example, the frontline managers touch the most amount of employees. And yet they're usually the most under-equipped, under-resourced, under-trained mm-hmm. uh, group of leaders. And that to me is this huge gap. And I think noticing the ripple effect that negative leadership has on the entire organization, you know, quickly turning sort of, you know, misbehaviors into toxic environments where then that has a ripple effect to how leaders, what leaders think uh, or even employees think is okay and tolerated and where they, these, these managers set the standards and then the reputations that companies build. I, I really think that in a time like this, especially with sort of the economic state that we're in, um, and yet really having really low unemployment rates, it, companies can't afford to lose their best performers. Yeah, right. And the, and yet sort of the manager is, pro- their manager is probably most, uh, most significant factor in this process, in addition to a few other factors, but making sure that their managers know how to create uh, work cultures that people want to be part of, um, yeah, that they become leaders people want to, be led by or teams that people want to be part of such yeah. a, such an important um yeah aspect yeah yeah absolutely um who are some of the leaders coaches mentors that you've had in your life that have that have impacted you that have and in more so you know what are some of the characteristics that really have stood out what are of inside of their leadership styles right yeah 
Um, oh gosh, so there are, there have been a few managers in my per, in my personal experience that I've directly learned, for example, how to really challenge someone's thinking. I had one specific manager who was very much leaning into this coach-like approach and would always, would hardly ever give me the answer, which at time <laughs> could feel really difficult. I was like, just yeah. tell me. Um, but I also recognize that that was the time that I stretched the most and I grew the most. Then there were leaders such as um, John Maxwell, for example, that I observed from afar that I think has a really, really fascinating way to identify people's strength as well as their growth opportunities and then a way to um, instill confidence in them. And when I say push them to, to step into that next level, I, I don't mean in a forceful way, but in a really encouraging and empowering way. Yeah. And um, so he's he's someone that I greatly respect in terms of how he developed the leaders in his organization, as well as yep. how he's able to take sort of complex matters and simplify them into, into frameworks. And then I think a great deal of my work now is inspired by um, sort of old philosophers. And specifically, I'm interested in Stoicism and um, Marcus Aurelius as an example, as someone who really practiced self-leadership frameworks that we know today and mm -hmm. had this had a really good understanding of what it meant to lead and to lead well in an ethical way in a courageous way in a compassionate way and I love diving into these old sort of timeless concepts and recognizing yeah. that back in the you know thousands of years ago when people had I don't want to say they had time folk at Marcus I really said that he had a lot of time yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah. yet he still had this discipline and practice to reflect and to be still and to think about what he's doing and what he's observing and then the philosophers who actually had the time to observe human and human interactions we haven't changed that much so a lot of this work that was written down and captured back then is still what bubbles up and shows up in so many of current the, the current days or the, the trendy leadership development approaches yeah, right. and frameworks, which I think is fascinating. Yeah, I mean, kind of timeless, right? I mean, as 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 long as there's been people, there's been leadership. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and there's been conflict. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. So you know, you can slice it a lot of ways, but uh, at some point, there's probably only so so many ways you can slice it. So mm -hmm. yeah. What's um what's what's the vision for you? I, I you know I think championship leaders have incredible vision. I like to often talk or reference like Bill Belichick or Nick Saban, um, big football fan. So you know the Patriots coach or coach of Alabama, who somehow continue to find a way year after year to you know stay at the top of their profession when they have the best of the best in the world competing to take their spot every year. So mm -hmm. I attribute a lot of that. I think a lot of that is because of their vision and some things they're able to see differently that others can't. And, and not only that, but the courage to take action. So what's the big vision for you? What's the impact? And more importantly, I guess I always like to say the impact that you want to make, you know, for you know, five, 10 years from now. Yeah. Yeah, so my vision is related to helping um, create workplaces that people want to be part of, pe that people thrive. And I do think that this whole attitude of like, oh my gosh, it's Monday and thank God it's Friday is a bit upside down. I wished that we would, of course, we all enjoy the weekend and and the downtime is incredibly important. And yet I wish that a lot more people would want to go to work because they feel 
a sense of belonging in their team. They also feel a sense of contribution and they get a, gr a great deal of satisfaction out of being able to contribute and being valued and cared for in the workplace in a very different way than they are in their family environment. And so I think um, there's a huge opportunity to create a lot more workplaces where people get that um, that aspect or those needs satisfied in terms of self-actualization and contribution and significance that they want to have in their lives. And, and the professional world offers that. And um, when we can erode toxic cultures and stigmas and sort of this control and command style uh, or outdated leadership, these outdated leadership approaches and, and uh, instill a more compassionate, trust-based, um, as well as curiosity-driven um, approach to leadership, we will, a lot more people will thrive. And I want to be part of the, the movement that creates a new generation of leaders, leaders who create workplaces and teams that people want to be part of. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Do you think there's, um, you know, cause there's a lot of people that, you know, that will say they don't love what they do or when you talk about that, waking up and being excited about what it is that you do, but do you believe there's a big, you know, that the people there, AKA, I suppose the leaders, the managers that could make that mm -hmm. a difference, right? The people that they're working for, the culture that they're creating, the environment that that's there for people to come to every day would help in, in, Mm -hmm. getting them a little bit more excited, even though it's maybe not something that, you know, whether it's whatever, right. Widgets or whatever it is, right. You know, they could not be passionate about that, but they could absolutely love the place that they, and the people that they work with because of the leadership. A hundred percent. And I think, you know, it's right. And it's important to also talk about the fact that certain things we can't change and certain people uh, we'll take, we'll do a job because it pays their bills and mm -hmm. they may not feel like that's uh, their true calling or that's their passion, or they, they found this one particular thing that they, the purpose in life. And I think even sort of this whole idea around finding your purpose is, uh, can get people into, into challenging situations where they yeah. make it, they make, they put way too much weight on, on that right. question than is necessary. There are things we can change. And I'm also not having an, an, an illusion sort of here that we would all go to work and love and be happy campers all day. But I do think very much so that their emotional and the, the personal aspect, interpersonal aspects in the workplace are creating a lot more stress and disengagement, demotivation um, in the workplace than, than we can even tolerate. Yeah. Uh, and that is where we can make a big difference. Will there be people who do things that they don't want to do? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And will it be right. hard for them to say like, yeah, thank God it's Monday. Yes. Yeah. But they may say oh, another week. Yeah. I'm excited to see this person or I'm actually excited to, um, to do something that's meaningful in one way or for someone today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is kind of one of my favorite questions. What What's a moment for you where, you know, it's a difficult place to be, big decision, critical moment, kind of the fork in the road. And obviously you made the decision that you did, which has you where you are today, but had you not, you could be in a very different place. I think there's a lot of strength for people out there that, that are in these positions. You know, we have many of them, I think, throughout our lives, but is there one or two that maybe sticks out that you could share with the listeners? Yeah, I think the biggest one for me was to um, 
was at a point in time where I had to decide if I wanted to leave my corporate job, which was gave me a lot of security and stability. I definitely knew that I was respected in my organization and I had a, a secure job with a really good paycheck. And I felt that the company was doing a good job with their employees. And overall, I enjoyed the job, right? It's not that I left out mm -hmm. of frustration. I left because I felt there was something else that I could do and help people and and have a bigger impact on hu society as a whole. I want to say, I want to say human beings, but I want to say it's probably more at that point I thought, oh, I can have a bigger impact on society as a whole and uh, use my time working for that. But what happened, and is I'm not saying that, you know, going off and starting your own business is for everyone, but I do think that we all land at, in situations where we have to uh, pause and let go of some of the security or the comfort that we have in order to step into a new chapter and see what potential we actually have. And what in that moment when I decided to let go of my job, um, it was hard to understand for some people in my environment or in my circle of family and friends. But yet I knew deep down, like I, I had to. And mm -hmm. I could also tolerate failure. And I, it would be okay if a year later I would say, you know what? The great run yeah. <laughs> didn't work out. And I would be okay with that. I prepared as much as I could um, to say, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to try this. It, I will lose safety. I will lose a sense of security. I don't know yet where my paycheck is coming from. And, you know, I have three kids and I have responsibilities and it's not just me. Um, yep. Other people are impacted by my decisions as well. But um, stepping into the discomfort is what allowed me to get you achieve my goals. And I do think the more we tolerate discomfort, the higher our chances of success in whatever success looks to us. And yeah, I think um, every moment in, in my life where I noticed this accelerated growth and impact was because I was willing to be uncomfortable. And vulnerable yeah. and exposed in ways that I was like, oh my gosh, this really shakes me to the core. But right. thank God I'm not in the business of life or death, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The world will keep spinning and everyone will be okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. That powerful. So what's um if there's one, two things as we wrap up here, um, that if the listeners were to, you know, put into action, you know, principles or guide points for their life, right? If they were to apply them and take action right now and help move their life forward today, what would that be? Yeah, I would say like, if you have um, listened to the hunches that you have, the hunch of like, maybe I should say something, the hunch of yeah. maybe I should do, the hunch of maybe someone needs my help. And instead of asking if they need my help, maybe I just write them a card or stop by and do something nice or let them know how much I appreciate them, even if it's Maybe a little bit uncomfortable in the moment, but those, I think we have such good intuition, yeah, all of us. And sometimes yeah. sort of the vulnerability holds us back of saying something or doing something. Um, and say, you know, let go of those scarves and uh, listen to those hunches you have to do, to do good and have an impact on the people that you work with or interact with most closely, even from afar. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that's excellent advice. And I think the more that you get in tune with that, the, the more you realize how much that's so true, right? Mm -hmm. When you can trust it and go with it. So yeah, absolutely. What are a few ways I know uh, we didn't really even 
get into it, but uh, you, you do have a book, you have a podcast. And uh, so, yeah, let us, let us know about that and, and ways that we can follow you and kind of keep up with what you're up to. Yeah. Um, my book is The Confident and Competent New Manager, available on Amazon. This is really a book about uh, helping leaders or new leaders see how their mindset, their attitude, as well as their behaviors um, need to change in order to be successful in what I consider to be the biggest transition someone makes in their career, moving from an individual contributor role into a leadership role and how to navigate these uh, sort of this unknown territory that's uh that comes with some challenges and potential pitfalls. Um, the Manager Track podcast is the podcast that I run um, for new managers and mid-level managers who are looking to uh, sort of see what works and what isn't um, working and include some stoicism in there as well um, and mindset mindset shifts as well as, well as very tactical, um, practical things that will mm-hmm. help them in their, in their job. Otherwise, my website is RamonaShaw.com and I'm also on LinkedIn and some other social media platforms uh, to connect. Excellent. Well, I appreciate your time today. We'll get all that linked up for everybody that's listening as well, of course. Uh, But I appreciate this this time today and it, it was a good conversation. So thank you. Thank you as well. Appreciate it, Nate. Let's go. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. And marriage has never been better than this And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm gonna be a leader I'ma lead the way Cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want If I said it, then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it done Consider it done If you need some inspiration, you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast Hey, babe